Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy, and I'm your host, Nancy Hugo. If you're remodeling or building a new home, this is what you want to listen to before you make any decisions. Now, today is August 20th, and I guess by all indications, everybody's children are back in school. Or maybe you hope they're back in school. Where I live in Arizona, I think most of the kids have gone back. So now is the time that most people start thinking about remodeling. They figured, okay, we spent the summer with the kids. Now it's time to think about the holidays. I want to do my remodeling so that everything is done by the time the big day comes, Christmas dinner. Well, I've got news for you. That's rarely going to happen, especially now with all the delays that we're having. But if you just want to do cosmetic changes to your kitchen or to the rest of your home, now's a good time to start. It's never too soon, but you might have a plan. And then when January comes, you'll have everything laid out. Then you could start your big remodel. I wouldn't suggest anybody start doing the major remodeling now. But today, I want to talk about some of the regrets that people have had over the years when they have thought about remodeling. They've progressed through the remodel. I should say they've lived through the remodel because it is uh, total chaos when you're doing that. But there's a list of things that I'm going to go over that people over the years have said, you know, I wish I didn't do this. Um, maybe if I thought about it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. First one is the islands. 90% of the time, if there's room, when I design a kitchen, I add an island to it because I think these are so efficient. You can't get away from it. I mean, having this big empty space in the middle of your kitchen just doesn't make sense. So putting an island in there that you've thought about that is totally functional is perfect. But the bigger, the better is not always the case with an island. I have seen islands that are so huge that they can't get to the center of the island to clean it. Sometimes I've suggested they use a squeegee mop or a Swiffer, but that's, you know, not the typical. So the typical island I would suggest is any length you can accommodate in your kitchen, but it's the width that matters that makes it functional or totally useless. Maybe not totally useless, but those are the ones that you can't really reach. You can uh, dance on it. You don't want a dance floor in the middle of your kitchen. I have done, an my biggest island was 18 feet long. But when you think about it, this long island running parallel with the back uh, cabinetry created a galley kitchen, which to me is the most efficient layout. So that's Typically, what you're creating, as long as you have enough space, but not too much for the walkway between that outside uh, row of cabinetry and your kitchen island, then you have a terrific, uh, very functional galley kitchen. So just remember, don't make it too deep. If you want to have seating on the island, I wouldn't go more than five feet deep and any length but of course the longer it is if you're going to have people sitting at that long um, back part of the island it's going to look like a diner very difficult for a conversation so 
couple of uh, stools there, but not your major eating area. So make sure that when you do create or design your island, it's functional. It's not out of whack. It's not out of proportional with the rest of the kitchen. The number two regret is pot fillers. Now, if you don't know what a pot filler is, and I'm sure everybody's heard of it, it's attached to the wall with the plumbing, of course, over the cooktop. So it's a faucet over the range that's supposed to be very helpful to fill your big pot with water to either boil your lobsters or make a big pot of pasta, whatever you have to do. And the whole idea was, okay, I don't want to fill up my big pot at the sink and then have to carry it over to the range or the cooktop. Now, this was popular in the early 2000s. And as soon as I saw it, I would discourage my customers from getting it, although some of them did get it, they insisted. Because my theory was, how are you going to empty your big heavy pot and bring it over to the sink without hurting your back, spilling it, making a mess? But nobody ever thought of that. They thought, well, it looks pretty. It's very in, chic. It's over my 48-inch range. I've got the super tiles on the backsplash. I want this. A lot of people regret it because of what I said. It's it's only half functional. You still have to empty that pot. So it's another gadget to put in your kitchen. That'll run you maybe with the plumbing and the faucet around a thousand, give or take. You might be able to use that thousand in a better area for your remodel. But here's the solution. I remodeled a kitchen that was quite large, and it just made sense to put a small sink to the right of the cooktop or left if you're left-handed, whatever, uh, with a faucet, with an extension, handheld, uh, so it's a pull-out faucet. And so I coined that as a dump sink because you can take your pot, fill it with water, right there by the cooktop. Then when you're finished with cooking, you can take that, easily slide it over to the sink and dump the water out. So that makes more sense. You're still going to have to pay for the plumbing. You have the fixture, but it's also a small prep sink. So the smaller the sink, the more practical if you have a second or a third sink. But this actually created a, a very good solution and the client loved it. So we're going to go to the third regret that people have had. You know, everybody wants a pantry. They feel that, especially a walk-in pantry. Um, it's it's a good item for resale. Um, it's sort of a status thing. I did write about something a couple of weeks ago, the back kitchen or the scullery. Uh, you can take a pantry if you've got the room and turn it into a back kitchen or a scullery. Um, but if you have a small kitchen and a small pantry, uh, you could make it very efficient, organize everything, open shelves. I always suggest that you have 
one shelf at counter height that's actually a work counter. So when you take things off your shelves, you have a landing space. If you want to plug in your slow cooker, you can do it in the pantry. You have to have lights in there. But from what I've seen on the internet lately, uh, there are some people who are making their pantry the star of the show. You're not going to be on TV. This is not your main cooking area, but they have to light everything and they put one item spaced apart on each shelf. Um, so it's one can, two inches, another can, a bowl. This is, I mean, you're not going to show this on TV. You're not entering the most beautiful pantry contest. So what you have to do is make that functional. Don't make it like you're going to have a party in there. If you want to bring your friends in to see how cute it looks, that's fine. You can coordinate colors. But to do it as a show place, you're just wasting your money and you're wasting the space. So I did see a picture where they had LED lighting under each shelf. Again, that's not the primary space in your kitchen remodel. So think ahead. Think of the function. Think of how much money you're spending in certain areas to be trendy. It's not going to work for me anyway. I want to take two seconds to talk about Monogram's Intelligent Appliances. Everybody knows that they have wonderful appliances, and I've talked about this many times. And they're introducing new appliances every year. I just had the Monogram rep, Darren Renson, on the show a couple of, two weeks ago, I think. And he talked about the new items they're introducing, which is fabulous. They have a 30 or 36-inch wide induction range. Of course, you've got the convection oven underneath, all one piece, and then you've got a induction, I'm sorry, convection oven underneath and induction range on top. I think that's the way to go, induction. Uh, it's not gas. It's not the coils. It's not the saran top. It's actually an induction top. So if you want to see that or any other monogram appliances, I would suggest you go to your local showroom, ask them if they have a working kitchen so you can see how these items work. And if you don't have one close to your home, first visit the monogram.com website so you can familiarize yourself with the new items and then find a showroom by their showroom locator uh, so that you can actually see these appliances. So that's monogram.com. I suggest you check on that if you need to replace any of your appliances or if you are remodeling. Okay, let's go to that fourth, number four, regret that people have. Are you familiar with workstation sinks? I have seen them where they're seven feet long. Uh, most common, four feet long. I mean, this is a whole corporation. This is huge. It's got the colanders and the racks and different sinks, and a lot of them that are bigger have two faucets. Uh, it'd be great if you had a restaurant or if you were able to cook professionally from your home, but the space that this sink takes, these huge sinks, that's really important real estate. You can have more prep space on your island or on your countertop and by not using these huge sinks. I think, first of all, the pricing is very high, much more higher than a real good sink. Uh, second of all, I think it's going to be a fad. 
people are going to go, you know, I don't really use the whole sink, maybe twice a year. And that's an awful lot of space to take up on your countertop and also on your budget. I was reading about the pros and cons of these workstation sinks. And some people were saying that everything gets very gunky. Um, They've got so many accessories and they all have to be cleaned constantly if you're a clean Nick. Um, But they come with the cutting boards and you have to sand them every so often to keep them uh, from being blackened and dirty. And don't get me wrong, cutting boards are nice, but they do have to be maintained. Um, But I think that the bigger the sink, the more gadgets that you have in there, the gunkier everything's going to get. Well, why not just go with a small prep sink that's got um, availability for the colander or a cutting board and go with a typical 33-inch sink that has these accessories, and I think you'll be happier with that. So again, the people who have these large sinks, they're regretting it. It hasn't really hung on to be the most popular. Um, So why not go with a regular sink? This is Maybe this is where you want to put your money. If you cook, heavily cook every single day, maybe this will work for you. Most people don't, though. Well, here's my favorite. My favorite regret, and I, when this came out, I could not figure out why people want this. The library ladder in your kitchen. I mean, that's like having something on the floor to trip over all the time, like one of your kid's toys. So these library ladders look great in pictures. I mean, they're adorable. You, They match the cabinetry. They're a way to reach your your ceiling uh, that's 12 foot high and have cabinets going up to the ceiling. Well, my question is, why would anybody want to have cabinets up that high? So I never thought it was functional. I thought it should stay in the library, obviously. I don't know why people decided to put it in the kitchen, but can you imagine trying to work at your counter? You got to move the ladder from place to place. You got to put it in a place where it's not going to trip You're not going to trip over it. If you do have small kids, they're going to trip over it. Or better yet, they're going to want to climb those ladders. It looks like fun to them, but dangerous. If you're going to have one of these ladders in the kitchen to reach your high cabinets, you've got to figure out how to get up that ladder and then take the item that you want. And now you have to use one hand so you can hang on to the ladder unless you're into acrobatics. Um, And so to me, it doesn't work. Um, It's not something that I would ever, ever suggest. Now, somebody wrote in that they they use the ladder. They regret it, but they have the ladder, so they might as well use it. And so they store things like paper plates and non-breakables on that high cabinet so that when they climb the ladder, they can take that item and throw it on the floor so it's not going to break. That's an awfully expensive gadget in your kitchen, a library ladder that you have to be careful when you're climbing, and then you have to find the stuff. You almost have to have everything categorized up there because you'll never remember what's in those high cabinets. Now, 
I did a kitchen and there were very high cabinets. The client insisted that she wanted the cabinets to go up to the ceiling. It was a 12-foot ceiling. She doesn't even have anything in those cabinets. And she is a small person. We didn't put a library ladder because I'm totally against it. So the whole idea was to fill the gap between the typical uh, upper cabinets and the ceiling. Uh, That's an expensive way to fill that space. You could build a soffit or you can just do a panel and cabinet doors. Just know that you're not going to use that space. It's just for aesthetics. So I don't think library ladders are still popular. I, matter of fact, I've never did, done a kitchen with a library ladder, and I have never in person seen one with a library ladder. So I would say uh, just skip over that. I can see it in a living room if you have high shelves, floor to ceiling, and you want to get your books or you want to dust up there and you don't want to get this huge ladder from the garage, maybe a library ladder would look cute, but it, to me it's not practical. So what is practical is going to Studio 41's website to see what they have when you're doing your remodel. They have a whole selection of uh, plumbing fixtures for kitchens and bathrooms. They also have a wide selection of cabinet hardware, handles, pulls, That's where I get all of my accessories and bathroom accessories for my clients. We are lucky to have a Studio 41 in Scottsdale, and there are also 13 of those showrooms in Illinois. Unfortunately, if you don't live in Scottsdale or anywhere in Arizona, or if you don't live in Illinois or any of the cities surrounding Chicago area, well, then you can go on their website, shopstudio41.com. That's the number 41. Don't spell it out, shopstudio41.com. The showrooms in Illinois also carry tile and windows and cabinetry. And in Scottsdale, they carry cabinetry. I would suggest you try them. Okay, I'm going to talk about some impractical things that I have seen coming up. Hopefully, they're not going to stick around too long. And when you are remodeling your kitchen, just remember, I mean, budget is important, space is important, but function is very important. So when you're looking through magazines or Pinterest and you're trying to find something, some good ideas that you want to use in your kitchen, think practicality. Think of um, or envision yourself using this item without uh, without wasting money, without, well, find out what the function is. Imagine yourself using a library ladder. Of course, you'll think about that for two seconds, get rid of it. But there are a couple of other things I want you to think about. Uh, trends. Don't go with trends when you're remodeling. I've talked about this so many times. Go with function. Trends are coming and going constantly. And also, it's where you read about the trends. There, One designer might have some ideas that the other one doesn't like. They're adding their ideas. Uh, case in point is shiplap on your walls. I have read so many 
articles about Shiplap being out. Nobody likes it anymore. And then there's a couple of articles where they go, oh, yeah, this is the newest thing for your walls. You have to decide. It's your house. You've got to decide what to do. Don't listen to anybody else. Don't listen to your neighbors or your friends unless they are designers, unless they are up with um, trends. So one of the trends that I really don't care for is the open shelving. I've seen an overabundance of open shelving in kitchens. They want to put everything they own on these shelves. I don't think that's a good idea. Number one, it gets dusty and greasy and dirty. And unless you have all the time in the world to keep cleaning those items, you know, I would say they are better off in a closed cabinet. Uh, number two, you always have to be neat with those open shelves. Nobody wants to walk into a kitchen and you have your Kellogg's cornflakes on the shelves and with your cereal bowls, which you think is, oh, they're good. They go together. But then you have some glasses and you have some vases and you have everything else in your kitchen. It's not a pretty look. But I will say that two shelves, that's the most I would do. And in a strategic place where sometimes it's not practical to have a cabinet. I saw a kitchen where they had shelves in a corner area because those wall corner cabinets sometimes can be tricky. Um, they're hard to reach if you are a smaller person. And they just, um, well, the whole idea is not to have so many cabinets on your wall that it just looks like a cabinet showroom. So I think the open shelves break it up. You have to be practical with that. Well, here's one that I, I noticed in the past couple of weeks, I'm looking at furniture for somebody and those bench seats, I've seen them in dining rooms. I've seen them in uh, breakfast areas. They're cute. They look nice in a picture, but just picture yourself sitting in the middle of the bench seat with a person on each side and then you have to get up and they have to get up and then you have to slide back into your position and you have to move the bench back to get out. And sometimes they're heavy. They're awkward. And to me, I would never suggest them. They're not, they're not good. So uh, the solution to that, have each person have their own individual chair. Uh, years ago, I saw dining rooms where they would have upholstered high back uh, chairs. It's like a mini well, it's not even a mini. It's a wingback chair made for two, and they would have that at the dining room table. You know, there again, once you get close enough to the table, you have to then push back the furniture to get out of that, uh, what you call it, a large chair for two, a mini sofa with a high back. I don't know, some things look really nice in photographs, but they're not practical. Here's another one that you got to really think about. Everybody likes the big range, the professional range, the 48-inch range. Well, think about how you cook. Now, if you're a specialist with the microwave, if you don't have time doing major cooking, don't spend the $15,000 on a huge range that's going to be maybe too big for your kitchen or break the budget. It's not something that you want to put in your kitchen. You've got to create a budget and then work from that. 
So that's one of the, well, that's one of the major things that I tell my clients. Let's work on your appliances first. If you don't believe in microwaves, don't consider putting one in your kitchen. If you are a, if you have a small kitchen and you have a family of two, you really don't need a 60 inch wide refrigerator freezer combo. Um, so you always have to think about the size in the kitchen of for the appliances, your budget, and how you're going to use these appliances. One last thing I want to talk about is lighting. You can never have enough lighting. Now, sometimes um, less is more, and that counts for everything except lighting. More is better for lighting. As we get older, we need more lighting. So you can have your task lighting. That's lighting over the island, over the cabinets, over your bake center. Where are you going to work? That's task lighting. Never have enough of that. Then your general lighting, and that's lighting up your walkways in your kitchen. And then you should have layered lighting. Uh, you can have lighting under uh, wall cabinets. You can have them above the wall cabinets. So you never have enough lighting. I would uh, always suggest that you don't skimp on that. Well, I think I've covered everything. Of course not. I always have things that I see in the articles I read that I have to share with you because either I don't agree with them or I think it's a good idea, one or the other. So if you are remodeling or you're having to replace some appliances, always think first of how are you going to use these appliances. If you have any questions, feel free to call, to ask, don't call me, but feel free to email me and ask my opinion. I'm always here to help. The whole idea of these podcasts is for education. I've been doing uh, this type of remodeling, kitchens, bathrooms, whole house remodeling for many, many years. So there's no stupid questions. Uh, don't hesitate. I will be glad to answer any questions. So I did do hope that you enjoyed today's show. And please subscribe to the platform that you're listening to these shows. There's, you can always learn, even if you're not remodeling. You might find something that you can share with a neighbor or a friend. Don't keep these podcasts a secret. We cover everything. If you want to learn more about me and my experiences and some of the uh, remodels that I've done, I have pictures on my website. It's nancy at, I'm sorry, nancyhugo.com. My email is nancy at nancyhugo.com. Don't hesitate. I'm always here for you. And uh, hopefully you'll stay tuned every week. That's how I publish these podcasts on a weekly basis. So in the meantime, everybody stay safe. Have a great day. And just remember, now your kids are in school. You have a lot more time to work on your remodels. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.